What's going on, people? We're back at it right now. Super Bowl week coming right at you. Heavily contested episode 17. Chris right here, Matt across from me. We're going to hop in right away. Super Bowl 55. How do you feel about the matchup right now? Chiefs open up three-point favorite. Now the lines are at against the Bucks. Crazy matchup? Yeah, it's a three-point line for the Chiefs. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean... I kind of think that it's gonna it's gonna go that way. I think the Chiefs the Chiefs kind of end up taking this. You know, I mean, we talked about it last week, but if we wanted to just like dive into it a little bit more in depth, let's do that, bro. Uh, I just think the Chiefs the Chiefs all around like just at every position really are a little bit deeper. Maybe not at the linebacker position because the Buccaneers are just you have Levante David and who's the other linebacker? I don't remember his name. You know, right? White. Devin White, yeah, those guys those guys are crazy. But the at the end of the day, the Chiefs offensively are. A lot more well-rounded, I would say, than than the Bucks are, and I think that Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey just playing with Patrick Mahomes for the last couple of seasons, like they really understand this system. They really understand what Andy Reid wants. They really understand how Patrick Mahomes not to, how wants to run this. And really, with Brady and the Bucks, it's they're still in their first year of figuring this thing out. You know, Mike mm-hmm. Evans, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, and adding Leonard Fournette in, and Ronald Jones in his second year, Rob Rob Gronkowski coming in this year. Dude, it's Bronk been is like. It's He's nothing more than a block, but it really is. It really has been a lot for this Bucks team to overcome all these different guys coming in, and I just think that that chemistry thing is going to play a big factor into the Super Bowl game. Uh huh. Another thing that could really play into this too, the Chiefs are playing without their Pro Bowl All Pro left tackle Kilgore. No, um, oh, Eric, Eric Fisher, Fisher, and then they also have and then uh, their center. Yeah, Kilgore is not playing, which is their center. So you have two. Key guys on the offensive line, you know, they play they play a lot of man and they're gonna blitz you a lot. So, you know, without two of those key guys on the offensive line, um, I don't know how this offensive line of the of the Chiefs is gonna is gonna be. And I don't know if it's gonna play much I don't know if it's gonna play much of a factor, but I think that it could possibly. You know, it, it, you you have a point. I can't lie to you, especially when you consider just how strong the Bucks defense can be coming off the line. However, you know, I look at Patrick Mahomes and I'm like, okay, we understand that he's a mobile quarterback. He needs time to make it happen. But he's also shown that he can make something out of nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. The worst thing's possible. So even, yo, you see a guy with turf toe. He can't move around. He can't do anything. Patrick Mahomes had turf toe, came off a concussion, and still dominated. It wasn't a concussion. It was a pinch nerve. Pinch nerve? He got a, he had a pinch nerve, yeah. I thought and that ended, was a concussion. No, nah, it ended up it ended up being later on that he was like in concussion protocol, but then they were like, oh yeah, he has a pinch nerve like in his spine. That's actually freaking crazy. But anyways, let me get back into the game right now. So anyways, like we were saying, I do feel like this is actually a stronger matchup offensively than a lot of people may expect. A lot of people may say that the Chiefs have a stronger offense than say the Bucks do. But I think the Chiefs, if you think about it, they're more of like the Golden State Warriors of football. They're just so high-powered. They're going to kill you every which way. They've done things that nobody's ever seen at a pace nobody's ever seen. So I feel like we're kind of downplaying exactly what the Bucks can be. And I think like earlier you were talking about something having to do with just the chemistry overall. And I don't know, man. Like when I was thinking about it, I don't think chemistry is really an issue that we really need to be worrying about right now when it comes to the Bucks in the sense that it's playoff time. And I would imagine that if we're talking about chemistry, you've got your chemistry going pretty well for you if you made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So like I was mentioning earlier on in the season around, I think it was after, it was around like the week 12. It was definitely earlier than that. Earlier than that? It Whatever. was like week six. No, no, it was a little bit later than that. But anyways, I was saying that the Bucks are a top contender in the NFC. And everyone around me, including you, just thought I was batshit crazy. And I'm going to tell you At right now. At the time. At Look, the time. But I saw something. Yo, this team 
Also, it's just Tom Brady. You don't bet against Tom Brady. Even though I'm about to do that right now when I make my Super Bowl yeah, pick. Isn't it weird, though? Like, like going into the Super Bowl and you're betting against Tom Brady? Yeah, you never like, want to do that. Like, it's just... It's not a good thing to... Like, if I was putting money down on the game, which I'm probably not, but, like, people that are going to put money down on the game and you're betting against Tom Brady, like, that's kind of a tough decision to make, you know? A hundred percent, bro. Just because we've seen exactly what Tom Brady can do. However... Like I said last week on last week's episode, I see this as something where it's like Darth Vader against Luke Skywalker. Like, we get it. Both guys are absolutely elite. What I think will separate this matchup, however, is just the fact that Mahomes knows what to do better. I think Mahomes is a better quarterback. And I know it's crazy. People may think oh, I'm off my off my rocker or something like that. It's, you're using like the wrong words here. Better quarterback like in not, terms of talent. I'm talking talent and ability. He's a more talented quarterback. Yes, but Tom, I know Tom Brady's IQ is insane. Yeah, but Tom Brady, we're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh yeah, I'm not disrespecting him. Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback that I've ever seen play. Yeah. But Tom Brady is for sure the best quarterback of all time because I'll give it to Patrick Mahomes like when it comes down to crunch time, right? Like it doesn't affect him. Like he doesn't have he doesn't have nerves and he's just he's just stone faced and it's just like he doesn't lose but, when he's like really tight. Right. But Tom Brady is that times ten. Well, yeah, Tom Brady's had twenty years to establish this, but right. I think people need to understand though, because like also there's just been so much disrespect against Patrick Mahomes in general. Tony Romo came out and said, if Patrick Mahomes loses to Tom Brady, he could never be the goat. Well, first off. The GOAT conversation is something that's entirely subjective, and it was subjective until Brady cemented himself, but we're looking at somebody who, actually, we realize that this guy may be the only guy that really realistically could even challenge that, and that's based on what's going moving forward. However, where I think Romo's argument is flawed is in Tom Brady, for example, lost against Nick Foles and lost against Eli Manning twice. 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 So he's lost three fucking times to quarterbacks that we can all 100% agree just realistically just had no business being there and had no business beating Tom Brady. Now, if you look back on Patrick Mahomes' career and you right, see but that... then you look at the quarterbacks he has beaten, though. Yeah, he's they're beaten, great. He's beaten Mahomes. He's beaten Rodgers. He's beaten Manning. But I'm talking in the Super Bowl. You're right. Like, he's had solid matchups and shit like that. However, to hold Patrick Mahomes, like, to hold this against him where he lost to Tom Brady, who was considered to be the GOAT, I don't know how you can just take that away because we don't even know what's going to happen in his career. We don't know any yeah. of that. I don't... Like a lot of like I've been hearing a lot of things that it's like oh like this is like if if Patrick Mahomes wants to consider himself the greatest of all time at the end of his career he needs to be Tom Brady and it's just I don't really think that that's that that's the case because if Patrick Mahomes goes and gets six seven rings on his own and beats every every touchdown every yards record every record for a quarterback which he's pretty much on track to beat if he's able to keep his career long I don't really see there being an argument of Brady being over him and I also you know? think that like. People, you, you, you need to look back to the 2019 AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes was on the verge of beating Tom Brady to make the Super Bowl. Right. It came down to some bullshit-ass penalty that absolutely just took all momentum away and ended the game, and then the Pats get the ball, and you, you already know the rest is history. Right. In my opinion, bro, I think this game will be closer than a lot of people think. The defenses will do their best, but all the chips are on the line. There's a lot of things riding on this game. Both explosive offenses, two defenses that I think throughout the year didn't get as much attention or they're respect. Both, they're both underrated defenses. 100%. 100% both underrated. And if because you, yeah, yeah. Also, the, at the beginning of this year, it was okay, the Bucks, the Bucks' weakness on defense is a secondary, but we've seen later on in the season it's become one of their strengths. 
that and their linebacking core. They, dude, they're young players they just, that made such an impact. Yeah, like a lot of them are first year, second year guys that they kind of just leave on islands and they're like, yo, you got to, you we're going to get to the quarterback, but for, for three to seven seconds, you got to hold your own with these elite receivers. And they've been able to do that for the most part for like the majority of the year. Yeah. You know, we'll see how these young guys perform and the Super Bowl, which is just, it's just different. You know, like, you're on the biggest... All the chips are on the line. You're on... This is the biggest game. This is the biggest game of the year in any sport. It's bigger than NBA Finals Game 7. It's bigger than the World Series Game 7. This is the Super Bowl. This is America's World Cup Final. Right. This is the game. Millions and millions and millions of people are going to be watching you. So, it's... Can you show up and can you compete? Or are you going to get drowned out by what this is? So, the line was three. The line was three. What do you consider to be the final score and the result? I like the line. I think it's 34-31 Chiefs. 34-31 Chiefs. Is it going to be a game that comes down to the wire or is it kind of like a, a little bit of a slow game? I think, it's uh, about, I, think it's, I think it goes back and forth. Okay. I'm feeling Chiefs 38-34. I'm just going to have to go with it. I'm sorry. People may think I'm crazy, but this is where Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. And listen, I've been a Tom Brady guy my whole life. Anyone that knows me, listen, I respected Tom. Every Super Bowl that he's ever been in, I picked Tom freaking Brady, even when he lost against the Eagles, even when he lost against the Giants. But Patrick Mahomes, that man is about to pop off. And I guarantee you the next day you're going to see ESPN, the media, this, that, and the other flipping course. And they're going to say, is this the end of Tom Brady? How quickly people change up. But hey, man, all respect to Tom Brady. Tom Brady will play till he's 50. Whatever happens, bro, this game is going to be absolutely incredible. I cannot wait to see. But now I've got a conversation that I cannot wait to start. So... When we were planning this episode out, we're trying to figure out, okay, what is it that we're going to talk about today? What is it that we want to do? We tried thinking, okay, we could talk about NBA storylines. We could talk about this, that, and the other. But there was something that came up, like I think it was last week. Last week. Where yeah. Kurt Schilling, an all-time great pitcher, if you follow baseball. Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, and Roger Clemens. Those three guys. Neither of them got enough percentage of the votes to get to get into the MLB Hall of Fame for like the fourth or fifth year in a row? Well, something like that? Well, actually, Bonds and Clemens are going into their, this was their ninth year. So they have one more the Hall year. Of fame. They have one more year. But Kurt Schilling has some time, apparently. I don't know. That's what I saw. I think he may have one more year. I don't know yeah. what the hell it is. I, However, he started questioning the validity of the Hall of Fame and its voters because you need 75% to get into Hall of Fame. Right. And he only got 70%. Forget about Bonds. We'll get into that for a second. Yeah. But I'm talking about someone who you can tell legitimately did nothing to even make someone question his credentials. If you know baseball, you know that. Yeah. But let me let me ask you a question. Who votes for this? Like, who realistically votes for this? So we looked it up, right? It's, it's all media. The only people that vote on Hall of Fame for any sport is media, right? Like... I understand that these guys watch these games for decades and decades and decades. But, it's their living. I get it. But realistically, at the end of the day, they're fans, right? Like, can we agree on that? That they're that yeah. the media, the media are fans that have a job to report on games. I think they're and glorified fans, and yeah. they're no different from you and me sitting here. Now, I get it. You know, for for example, baseball to be able to vote for the Hall of Fame, you need to have a minimum of ten years in the media as a sports writer. Right. However, most of these guys, just like you and me. We've never stepped on a professional field. Right. We don't know the intricacies, everything that goes in and out of the stuff. There's times where people will say, one guy's overrated. I'm talking about the media, but then people within the league are like, uh, no, the fuck he is not. Yeah. Do you the, know what you're talking about? Right. The thing, Kurt Schilling is a completely different story with him not getting into the Hall of Fame. It's more of like a political thing. And he's he's a bad person. 
we'll give Kurt Schilling a label. He's a bad yeah. person. He, he, but he Kurt Schilling a was a hell of a pitcher and should be in the Hall of Fame. As a player, he and, like he's not in the Hall of Fame of people. Right. The Hall of Fame of players. I yeah. understand that the MLB is all about being a stand-up guy and all this stuff and the PEDs and all the, and all this other garbage. But Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens without roids still have Hall of Fame careers. If you take away Barry Bonds before Roy's, before he looks like a fucking superhuman, he had a Hall of Fame career. He was hitting 50 home runs and stealing 50 bags. That's ridiculous. That's unheard of. And even with the Roy's, not on the pitching side, because obviously the pitching side is going to help you a little bit more with Roy's, but on the hitting side, if I can't hit water if it fell off a boat, regardless if I take Roy's or not, I'm not going to hit the ball with roids. It just doesn't... That's not not, gonna be, it's not going right. to make you more coordinated. It's yeah, not Adderall. It's not going to make me a superhuman, right? Like, it's like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It just makes you stronger, and it makes you, it, it helps you work out. And yes, I'm not advocating for roids or anything like that. But if we're being honest, roids saved baseball. Yeah, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa saved baseball in the early 2000s because baseball was dying because it was all about the Yankees and the Yankees won like four straight chips and everybody's looking at baseball like, okay, like, what what more do you have? And baseball has always done a terrible job of being able to market their players so the only way that they were able to market it was guys hitting 75 home runs a year. And let me tell you something, I wasn't alive back then but I watch a lot of shit and I read a lot of shit about just the way that people were just enamored with the game Right. It was bonkers. I can only people, imagine what it's like to see dudes slapping 70 dingers. People would tune into every game that Mark McGuire, that Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds were in so they could catch up on the home run race because they were having a home run race to fucking 100. From the time I was a jit, I was reading about yeah, that. They were going to have, Barry Bonds hit 81 home runs. Sammy, so, Sammy Sosa hit. Or 73. One of those. No, he hit 82, 81 home runs in a year. I promise you didn't. Yes, he did. 73. It was 80. I pr- go fact check that, listener. Promise you, it's not. Whatever, but Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, each hit like 60, 70 home runs also like that year, and it was just a race to see who would get the most, and that was just the most entertaining part of it. But if we're going back to the Hall of Fame argument, like it's just I don't think that a lot like, and obviously if we talk about the other sports too, in the NFL, players that should get in for the most part should get do get in. There's yeah. a couple, there's a couple guys that you think that that should be in, like Kurt Warner should be in, Heinz Ward should be in. And Donovan McNabb, I think we can agree that he should be yeah. in borderline-ish. But, like, the NBA puts in everybody and their mother. Everybody and their mother makes the Hall of Fame for the NBA. And then the MLB is, like, is a toss-up but, a lot of the times. Yeah, I get you. But I want to go to the NFL real quick, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. See, here's a problem I have where we're talking about just the media who are just glorified fans. Right. So, if you take Tara Lowens, for example. Tara Lowens, if you watch football, and I assume you do if you're listening to this show, He's you know— great. Terrell Owens is arguably a top two receiver. Like, and that's number two. No, 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 no. Top, top three. Who's number two? Randy Moss? Randy Moss. You, I, feel, I feel like depending on who you ask, it'll be a different answer. No, it's it, not you, depending. You can go either way. No, no, no. It's not depending on who you ask. It's Jerry Rice and then Randy Moss and it's not close. Well, we're not here for that discussion. So we'll get into that another time. But anyways, a guy who is in top two or top three, depending on who you are and what religion you believe in. Not depending on who you are. He's top three. So anyways, depending on who you are and what religion you believe in. That's a guy that when he gets on the ballot for the first year of his eligibility, it should be no question that you're getting into Hall of Fame. However, Terrell Owens, it took him two years to get in there. So because the media has an issue with Terrell Owens, and I get it, he was somebody that was a drama queen, as they said. I'm not calling him that, but I'm saying what people said about him. He was somebody that others would describe to be a locker room cancer. He was not the media's best friend. He may not have been the nicest person to them. But 
why is it that people who have not touched a football field, an NFL regulation football field, and actually taken a snap, how are these people here going to be telling us, the public, telling Terrell Owens and the rest of his peers that this man is not a first ballot Hall of Famer? Forget about it. Forget about first ballot. That he is not a Hall of Famer in that year. Yeah. Just because he was not nice to you because he may have brushed you off or because he may have given you a look or because he may have said this or that. Brother, we're not here. This is not the Hall of Ethics. This is the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and Terrell Owens, let me tell you some shit right now. That guy should have been first ballot Hall of Fame. And I want to take this even a step further. We should not be having people from the media judging who is going to be the person that even gets an award that gets into the Hall of Fame or even in some cases based on an award getting their money. 100%. So I want to take this argument out to the NBA. The NBA, let me tell you something. The NBA has a big problem. Just in the fact that, for example, when you look at the media, and I want to get back into the Hall of Fame after this, but the media, MVP voting, for example. Or, yeah. MVP voting. LeBron James, we all agree. People within the NBA have all said LeBron James should be a multiple-time MVP. And there's no question about it. There's multiple times we even have a Defensive Player of the Year award. Marcus Sowell got the Defensive Player of the Year over LeBron James one year. There was a time that Dwayne Wade got robbed of the MVP in 08-09 because of the media being dumbasses. There was a time that Shaquille O'Neal got robbed of the MVP for Steve Nash. And I'm not going to blame them. And Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant should have more than one MVP. But I think this then extends into the Hall of Fame. Where then you look at just all of this stuff. The NBA's Hall of Fame, for example, is like a secret society. You try to look it up. You don't know who the hell it is. It's just a small group of people. Nine people or so. Nine, twelve people. Just voting these people in. And that raises the argument. Should it be people who are just glorified fans actually judging who is worthy of getting into the Hall of Fame? And in my opinion, I'll make the argument that I think it should be people who actually know what they're talking about. Actually know what it takes to be great within that realm I agree whether it be NFL baseball whether it be NBA and look I'm gonna then say this it should be also coaches it should also be executives it within should just sport. be it should be former players former players coaches in the NBA and NBA alum NBA alumni guys who are guys who are around the game guys who understand the game these are the guys that should vote on 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 MVP should be voting on defensive player of the year should be voting on coach of the year should be voting on Hall of Fame you know, this shouldn't be a gang of media guys who they can just gang up on. They can gang up and say, hey, we don't like that guy. So he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it goes so many ways. bro. Right. So it's just it's it's a little it's a little ridiculous to me. Like and and a lot of these guys take a lot of pride in these awards that they win. And you're telling me you're going to short end a guy because you don't like him that much. That's like that, that doesn't that doesn't seem like a logical thing to me. That's the that's a Napoleon complex. And I think a lot of these media people have that. So what I'm going to get into right now is I want to get into about five NBA players that we feel could or couldn't be in the Hall of Fame. And we have our own criteria. We're going to make an argument right now. We're going to make our case. So I'm going to start off with this. Something we mentioned earlier on, but it was probably about episode one or two. And, you know, we're a little bit more developed now. So I want to have a little bit more of a developed argument. Derrick Rose. Is Derrick Rose a Hall of Famer? And let me give you Derrick Rose's credentials real quick for the listener. MVP, which everybody wants to throw out. Youngest in, MVP. Youngest MVP ever in 2011 over LeBron. Three-time NBA All-Star, 2010 to 2012. First team, All-NBA 2011. Rookie of the Year, All-Rookie First Team. Do you think that that is enough? And do you think that the media, because of just what they feel emotionally that day, that they would vote him in? If me and you had our own criteria for Hall of Fame, no. But if we're looking at the NBA, look at guys whose careers were cut short that are in the Hall of Fame. Grant Hill. Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady. Chris Webber. Yao Ming. Yao Ming. 
these four guys, did any of them win MVP? I don't think so, right? Uh, that's a fat no. Yeah, none of those guys win MVP. Derrick Rose is the youngest person to win MVP ever. So if we're making an argument for the way that the NBA does the Hall of Fame, I think Derrick Rose is an absolute lock. I really don't think that there's that if you're arguing with the way that the, that they want to handle their Hall of Fame, I don't think that there's any way you can argue against him being in the Hall of Fame. The youngest MVP of all time, he he had his prime was what three or four years? Three, three years, and he made he made All NBA team one of those years, and he was an All Star all three of those years. You know, so I really don't think that there's an argument against him. Do you? Uh, yeah, there's a definite argument against Derrick Rose. So the argument against... But we're talking about the way that the NBA does it. I'm not talking about the way that we think it. No, I'm going to make an argument against the way that people feel. So another thing I want to get into is, I will I will be honest, the NBA is soft as hell when it comes to who they induct into the Hall of Fame. The NBA, for example, this may be a hot take, Yao Ming shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. Like, Yao Ming is in the Hall of Fame, and it's also like the Hall of Fame states their criteria for people who make an impact on the game. But Yao Ming was not... Shaquille O'Neal. Yao Ming was not Patrick Ewing. He was not Hakeem Olajuwon. He was not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yao Ming is in the Hall of Fame just because, oh, you know, he had a really big, really big cultural impact. And I understand that. I respect that. But let me get into this. Derrick Rose had a few good years, had a few good storylines. Yeah, everyone knows that press conference. Oh, you know, why why can't I be MVP, you know, bro? And he won MVP. I guarantee you that press conference is what got him to be MVP. So I guess you could no, say... No. He won MVP because he was the MVP then. Well, I understand that, but... You could see automatically the circus began as soon as he uh, he's uttered those words. And you can't make an argument LeBron James should have won MVP that year. I'm not saying I'm making that argument, Fine. but you can't make the argument. Fine. However, Derrick Rose, and I'll just get into this right now, is not a Hall of Famer. You want to know why Derrick Rose is not a Hall of Famer? Because Derrick Rose ain't do shit. He won one MVP, but what did he do besides that? And I'm not trying to knock Derrick Rose as a player. I love Derrick Rose. I watch Derrick Rose highlights like... Yeah, I could watch it all day. Give me popcorn, I'll fucking huddle up in bed watching that all day. However, I don't think Derrick Rose has done enough. I don't think Derrick Rose did enough. I think Derrick Rose worked his ass off, but what does he have right now since getting injured? He had that 50-point game with the Timberwolves, and that's about it. For him to get in on that alone, for me, would be a slap in the face. Meanwhile, you got people saying that Dwight Howard is not a Hall of Famer. So, we're arguing whether or not we think they should be in the Hall of Fame. We're not arguing against the NBA's. Yeah, because I feel like we okay. have okay, a, fine. Yeah, we have a more level-headed approach right, when it comes to who so, makes a Hall of Fame. So I agree with you. So I agree with you. Derrick Rose is a great story. Everything about Derrick Rose and his story and his climb and all of the adversity he's had to go through through his entire career. But at the end of the day, that's not what the Hall of Fame is about, right? The Hall of Fame is about accomplishments and accolades and being great. And he was only great for a short, a short amount of time. And it's it sucks to say it. It sucks to say it, but he's not. He's not a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Is Dwight Howard a Hall of Famer? I think so. I think that... I think he's Dwight, Dwight one of the most disrespected players ever. Okay, Dwight Howard from 2007, we would say, to like 2012. 13, 14. You, you, you want to fight me on that, but I'll tell you right now, 13, 12, 14. Before he, when he... His first year with the Lakers, that was, he was the best big in the league, and it wasn't really close, like at all. He was the absolute best big in the league. He was an absolute terror to play against. Took his team with the second best player on that team being Jameer Nelson to the finals. Yeah. So it's that guy's that guy in his prime was pretty damn good. No one could stop him. And he was six nine. He's not six nine, is yes, he? Yes, he is. As a center, six nine. And he was that imposing in the paint, which is even more impressive to me. Yeah. And I want to run off a little bit more. So I'm not even gonna say NBA champion. Dwight Howard is I mean he is a champion, but Dwight Howard didn't do anything like he did in Orlando to get that title. Now, eight time all star, five time first team, second team one time, third team twice. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year, which is second most all-time. 
and let's just toss in also blocks leader twice and five time rebounding leader. Now you put that up against Derrick Rose. You can't tell me that with everything I just rattled off, and there's still more that I just didn't even say right now. That guy should be a Hall of Famer. And that's that's a Hall of Fame resume, no doubt. A hundred percent. It's a Hall of Fame and resume. And the argument that people have, whoa, rings, 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 rings. Well, I mean, also look at who he was going against. I Kobe mean, Bryant. That look one at guys that are in the Hall of Fame that don't have rings. Charles, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. Patrick Ewing. Uh, Duncan, Duncan Robinson. David Robinson. <laughs> There's well, guys. No, David Robinson has two rings. David Robinson does have two rings. You he are has right. two rings. You are Patrick right. Ewing, for example, does not. Yeah. It's, Steve Nash doesn't have rings. These guys are in the Hall of Fame, you know? So, I don't... It, it, I don't... If we're talking about Hall of Fame, I don't think rings play a factor into that. Unless you're a role player, let's say like Robert Ory. Robert Ory has seven rings. Absolutely should not be a Hall of Famer. I agree. In any way, shape, or form. I agree. Like, get that talk out of my face. Yeah, so rings, when it comes to Hall of Fame, I don't think matter that much. Yeah, and I want to get to the next topic. This is one that I think we're going to have some disagreement on. Oh, my God. Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors, Hall of Famer or not? Absolutely not. Why? Absolutely not. (laughs) Please tell me. Draymond Green is a glorified role player. Excuse That's me. What Draymond Green is? Are Draymond Green me? is a glorified role player. He's a good defender, and he can pass the ball. But outside of that, glorified defender? Glor- not glorified defender. I said good defender. Okay, I don't heard glorified. No, glorified, glorified role player. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, okay. I, I'm just like baffled right now. He's a little bit better than an Andre Iguodala. A little bit in his older days. I'm not talking about Andre Iguodala in his prime. Okay. Draymond, You're saying a little bit better than Andre Iguodala in his older days? When he was with the Warriors on the same team, yeah. Please give me the number to your dealer after this episode. Continue. <laughs> okay. Dray- Draymond Green cannot score worth a shit. I uh-huh. understand that that's not Please his role. Continue. I understand that that's not his role. But when Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are out, he cannot win games. Mm-hmm. And yes... I would be a great passer too if I was passing to the two greatest shooters of all time. Okay. If I'm sitting at the top of the key and we're running a play and Steph mm-hmm. Curry gets screened into the corner, yeah, I'm gonna dish mm-hmm. it to him and he's gonna make and yeah. he's gonna make the shot. Fine. Yes, he is a good he's a what's the word I'm looking for? I wish I could have the words right now. <laughs> he's a good distributor in the in the sense that he that he helps that he gets gives good passes to guys that are the best shooters in the world. Fine. He can guard all five positions. Fine. There's guys in the league that can guard all five positions too. Okay? He's not the only one. But I want I want to hear your argument for him being a Hall of Famer. Okay. So here's how, here's how we're gonna go with this, okay? Don't start don't start with the guys from 1965 no, 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 no. that are in the Hall of Fame, because I don't give a shit about well, those no, guys. No, I have to start to begin with. So we all know Phil Jackson as a Hall of Fame coach, right? But has anyone thought of Phil Jackson as a Hall of Fame player? Has Phil Jackson ever been spoken about as a Hall of Fame player? No, but guess what? Go look it up. He is a Hall of Fame player. Well, let me let you know about something. Phil Jackson was a trash can for the New York Knicks back in the 70s. Phil Jackson did just as much as Pat Riley did in the 70s, which was absolutely nothing when Pat Riley played on the Lakers. So just to start right there, so that's the baseline we're going off of with the NBA because, you know, Phil Jackson, I understand. But you're contradicting yourself. No, 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 no. I haven't even no. started my argument. I know you started but, my argument. But you already, you, you haven't to, even started your I argument. I gave you your point. Okay. I, gave, I gave you your time. I gave you your time, brother. Please. Okay, but no. you're contradicting yourself already from the start, from back from the Derrick Rose argument, because we're not talking about NBA standards. So we're not talking I'm about going, that. I, please let me get into my point. All right, let fine, me go. get into my point. Fine, fine, fine. Draymond Green, I don't give, please just give me time. Three time NBA champion. Could have been four. 
three-time NBA All-Star, second team, third team, defensive player of the year for someone who's just, you know, an okay defender. Andre Godala actually has never gotten defensive player of the year. Since you're saying that he's actually on that level, even a little bit better than that, no. Okay, continuing. Three-time all-defensive first team and two-time defensive second team. However, anybody that watches basketball and anyone with a basketball IQ understands that there's a lot more to Draymond Green than just what you see on the stat sheet. There's a lot more to Draymond Green than what you see when he shoots the ball. Clearly, we know that Draymond Green is not the shooter, even half the shooter that he even was in that prime time. However, Draymond Green is arguably the most versatile defender in modern NBA history that is not named LeBron James. Draymond Green or Kawhi Leonard. Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard cannot guard a five. Draymond Green, hear me. If you go and you go on YouTube and you watch a highlight, a a clip of highlights from game one against the Trailblazers a few years back. This was actually 16-17, I believe. Draymond Green, you would see videos of him switching on all five players. You would see Draymond Green baiting people into fucking just making bad passes. You would see Draymond Green running the floor. You see Draymond Green doing this, doing that. Draymond Green is an all-around player that contributes something to each and every team in the NBA if you place him on that team. You cannot replace his value in any way, shape, or form. You cannot base his value just strictly on his numbers. Even look at this season, for example. When Draymond Green was out to start the season, everyone's saying the Warriors are done. Everyone's saying Steph Curry's done. Everyone's saying this, that, and the other. Draymond Green comes back, and now you can say that they could make the playoffs. Draymond Green back then, you go think, just look it up. You can't even hold it against them, the fact that he got drafted to the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green was not Draymond Green until Steve Kerr came in. Mark Jackson didn't even want to give him a chance on that team. That team did not even start to reach his potential. What was the key? I understand Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, great shooters. But as soon as you get Draymond Green involved in the offense the way Steve Kerr realized he should, he realized that Draymond Green is a Swiss Army knife, that he could push the ball up the floor, that he could do so much on the floor. He changed that team. Anybody on that team will tell you, you cannot tell the story of the Golden State Warriors, the greatest team I have ever seen with my own eyes, the greatest team statistically, 73-9, and nine, better than the 72-10 Bulls in 96. And then they lost. I don't give a fuck about that. Please hear me right now. Draymond Green, arguably, was the most important player on that team, not named Stephen Curry. And I get it. You had Game 6 Clay, got to the finals because of that. I get that. But Draymond Green was the engine that that team ran upon. Steph Curry, we got it, could shoot, do something like that, but Steph Curry can't get defended like him. Steph Curry ain't going to pass the ball full court, fast break like that. Draymond Green, literally, you put him on any team right now, Brooklyn Nets, you put him on the Nuggets, you put him on the Heat, you put him on the Lakers, automatically, that is a move that transforms a team because of his IQ. He has Hall of Fame basketball IQ. You put him in any situation, I guarantee you he will transform a team. He is Dennis Rodman, in a sense, with the playmaking ability and a basketball IQ. People... Dennis Rodman's a Hall of Famer. And I get it. Dennis Rodman Dennis was a, Rodman is Dennis Rodman was a great defender. Dennis Rodman was a great rebounder. However, no offensive gain to speak of. Draymond Green was dropping triple doubles. Draymond Green in his prime was getting three balls. He was a midi. And I understand the floor is spread. However, Draymond Green is a Hall of Famer. What argument do you have against Draymond Green? Three Please things. hit me with three. Three things. Yes. Okay. One... You cannot compare him to Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman was grabbing 20 boards a game and was arguably what a top three defender in the NBA in his prime. I'm not questioning that. Right? So you're comparing him to Draymond Green. He is nowhere... Draymond Green is nowhere near the player that Dennis Rodman is and neither could he wish he could have been because Dennis Rodman is more athletic, was more physical, and was overall just better than Draymond Green. Obviously not on the offensive side, but better than Draymond Green rebounding and defenses, which is what are Draymond's strengths, No. And passing. We're not here talking about Draymond Green, the rebounder. Okay, okay. Second, 
we just finished talking about Derrick Rose not being a Hall of Famer in your eyes, right? In your eyes. So we're talking about then I I had to come I had to come with so we're talking about ours not NBA standards and you go yes okay mm-hmm. so if we're talking you started talking NBA standards because you brought up Phil Jackson being a being a Hall of Famer as a player and a coach okay so you're talking about NBA standards so if you're making the case for Draymond Green to be a Hall of Famer because of the way the way the NBA puts Hall of Famers then Derrick Rose should also be a Hall of Famer. No. But you're contradicting not. yourself. No, I'm you're not. literally contradicting I yourself. You, I'm not. you are because you're arguing you're arguing that Draymond Green should not should be a Hall of Famer because Phil Jackson is in the Hall of Fame. And because of all the other stuff that you mentioned as well. No. But so what I'm trying to get across is this. Draymond Green has A, a more impressive resume than Derrick Rose. Draymond Green Barely. No. Barely. Because he won three you're chips. Count, he you're won counting, three chips. Because he won three chips. One, one of them, MVP. One of them with the second greatest player in the league, and the other two with the two greatest shooters of all time. It's Come not on. Draymond Green's fault that the Warriors were a phenomenal team when it came to team building from the moment that they drafted Stephen Curry. But then, then you can't give him the benefit of the doubt and put him in the Hall of Fame. Hear me. Your argument is also, you drop Draymond Green on any team and he ain't doing shit, but I guarantee you that's a fight. But I never said that. Oh, off the record you did? I never said Yo, I'm that. Bringing, I'm bringing that. Listen, people want to talk off the record, but I'm tell you right now you said off the record that you dropped Draymond Green on any team that he will not do what he does if you put him on the heat if you put him on the heat he is phenomenal that's what we need no because Bam is a better version of him I'm not asking Bam Adebayo to do that I am asking for Draymond Green Draymond Green is the four a Swiss Army knife Draymond Green is not going to I mean he is going to play better defense on a point than Bam I just don't want to do this anymore because obviously there's just no there's just tunnel vision and there's no way to Draymond Green has there's no way shape or form to get you off of this so let's just move on to somebody else Ben Wallace absolutely okay Ben Wallace I'm gonna run it down right quick NBA champion four-time defensive player of the year tied for most of the time with the Kimbe I can't even say the name the Kimbe Matumba Matumba. I'm gonna get that name better than Shaq will because Shaq fucks up every name let me hate on that five-time defensive first team blocks leader rebounding leader Ben Wallace to make the case for him is the modern day Dennis Rodman 100% play the same role for the same team coincidentally Got that team that time. I wouldn't say Ben Wallace was more important for that team than Chauncey Billups. I could say that. I, yeah. I think Ben Wallace, aside from everything, people look at he couldn't score, but that man impacted the game in ways that were just like insanity. I've never yeah. seen many people play defense and just be such an anchor on the floor like that. Yeah. I mean, four time, four time defensive player of the year is just impressive in its own rights, you know, and then it's. Just the guy was just an absolute monster. Without him, without him, they don't win a chip. You can't tell the story of the awful Pistons yeah, without him. You don't tell the story of those Pistons without them because really it was just a bunch of there was just a bunch of guys. You don't really find you don't really find a lot of teams that don't that have that don't have stars and still win the chip at this day and age. And even back in 04 because Shaq and Kobe were winning the title. Yeah, and they had like, Gary Payton and Carmelo. The, yeah, the Spurs dynasty was winning the title. Before that, it was Tim Duncan and Tim Duncan and David Robinson. And before that, it was. Before that, it was Michael. Before that, it was Hakeem Olajuwon. Shaq and Kobe, too. Right. So, it's like you need... It's always been you need stars to win. But this 4 Pistons team was just so well, well-rounded and so well-built defensively that they were just they were just impossible they were impossible to go up against they would they would lock you down yeah you were gonna have a tough it was gonna be a 
tough fight to win four games against that team. And that's why they won. Impossible to win four games against those guys. 100%. And, like, the biggest thing is also, like, I feel like there's just something going wrong with the way that just fans in general, the game of basketball, the way that they view the game and the way that they view players in general. Like, it's the same way when they say chicks do the long ball. Well, like, chicks dig high scores type shit. Yeah. You know, like, every anybody that's just even a casual NBA fan or even those that think that they're an actual, you know, NBA knowledgeable type person, they just see, how many points a game they average? Oh, they average only, what, 18 points a game? No, not at all, Vamer. Not at all. Not at all. But I think that's absolute bullshit because you need to understand that every player plays a different so role. You're low key on taking a, team. a shot at me right now, then, right? Because I just said Draymond Green's not a Hall of Famer. You're taking a shot at me. Yeah, kind of. So I think Draymond Green. I get it right now. He's averaging a triple single this season. I will give you that. He is not having a nice year. But when you look at what he did in his day, incredible. But back to Ben Wallace. That is a player that if you are an NBA fan's NBA fan, you know exactly what we're talking about. I can respect your argument, Ben Wallace. You're in. The last one. One that people may not think of. People may be like, eh, it's not so much. We know Pau Gasol is a Hall of Famer. But do you think Mark Gasol, who is an NBA champion, a three-time All-Star, defensive player of the year, questionably over LeBron James, but a defensive player of the year nonetheless, also got on some defensive all-teams, Spanish League champion, Spanish League MVP, that guy also was a monster just in Europe. Yeah. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? This is a tough one. This is probably like this is probably the toughest one because this doesn't like have a, a yes or no because he, he's still playing at a decently high level. Maybe not, obviously not the same that he was when he was with the Grizzlies, but yeah, I, nah, when he was with the Raptors, decent high. Now he's like falling off a bit. Yeah, I, I don't think Marcus is a Hall of Famer. I think he is. One hundred percent, think he is. Now the thing is, also people get it twisted when we say the term Hall of Famer. People are quick. Oh my God! How? So, but understand, it's not first Mark ballot. Gasol is a Hall of Famer, and Derrick Rose is not. Yes, because Mark Bro, Gasol. What are did, we really talking about? Mark Gasol did more Bro, in the NBA. Ta- no, he did not. Overall, he has a longer career and a longer story to tell. They have the same amount of All Stars. They have the same amount of first teams. Derrick Rose has Derrick Rose has an MVP. Mark Gasol does not. But Derrick and Rose had three good years. listed all the Spanish league things had, here, but who cares about the Spanish? Uh, no, about the NBA. actually, that actually does matter because it's not the National Basketball Association Hall of Fame. It's the National Basketball Hall of Fame, and that's why you then have a player like Yao Ming, who has a global impact, or even a Drazen Petrovic, who also played on a level like that, and also Arvidas Sabonis, whose career with the Portland. Trailblazers was not exactly the greatest when it comes to impact and dominance, but then if you look at his performance with Real Madrid in the EuroLeague, you can see that that guy was the real deal. So we're talking about what they did around the world when they were on the court and not off the court. Marcus Gasol also has performed incredibly well in the Olympics. Marcus Gasol in general is a great big, and I don't think you can tell the story of just versatile stretch bigs without a Marcus Gasol in there. Fine. Derek Rose... I'll tell you right now. You want to know? I've seen Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, today, his name is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Derrick Rose is better right now than Marcus Gasol is. Hear me. Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook are the same guy. Shut up. Russell Westbrook Shut up. Derrick Rose. is what Derrick Rose could have been. Derrick Rose has molded his game into be being able to be a viable player without his athleticism, without his explosiveness. He's become a viable player in the NBA. And then we're talking about Russell Westbrook, who has in no shape or way, shape, or form has even attempted to adapt his game because his athleticism is diminishing or his explosiveness is diminishing. I understand he's he hasn't He hasn't even tried to mold his game. So the fact that you're comparing Derrick Rose to Russell 
Russell Westbrook right now is disrespecting Derrick Rose. In their prime, they literally would have been the same person. I think Russell Westbrook would have no, been better. No, because Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose worked on his game. Derrick Rose worked on his jumper. He when when he was starting to get all these injuries and stuff, he started working on his jumper. He started being able to transform I mean, he had his no game. But he had no choice. Russell Westbrook has no choice right now. He won now. an MVP that way, right? But. Bro, you're comparing Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose is disrespect no, it is to not. Derrick Rose. Derrick, Absolute no. disrespect. The only reason won. Russell Westbrook will get into the Hall of Fame is because he averaged a triple-double one year. That is the only reason Russell Westbrook will get you into the Hall of Fame. You don't think Russell Westbrook... See, listen, this wasn't even on the list. Hold up. What the hell did I just hear right now? Russell Westbrook is only... So if he didn't average a triple-double, Russell Westbrook is not a Hall of Famer in your no. eyes? No. How the fuck? No. Please tell me. Because he's... <laughs> You're gonna, dude, he's literally one of the best point guards of our generation. No. Russell Westbrook is not one of the best point guards. I understand he's hard-headed. I understand he's stubborn. I understand he is basically the reason why Kevin Durant left he Oklahoma can't City. Win. Everybody that goes to him, everybody that goes to him leaves. He's a cancer. Charles Barkley couldn't win. Charles Barkley was considered right. to be a cancer. Fine. If we're talking about Russell Westbrook just alone on basketball, he's a Hall of Famer. Fine. That's that's what I want. That, that's that was the point of this argument. I'm not talking about any of the off the court bullshit. If he was stubborn or this or that, or if he was a good teammate and nice team, I'm talking about what did that man do on that court? And he gave you buckets, he gave you dunks, he gave you rebounds, he gave you assists. The man was dropping 50 point triple doubles. I don't care what you're talking. Yo, he is going to have the most triple doubles in NBA history. Stop padding. That doesn't Stop matter. Padding. Can, yo, how many players do you see doing that? None. None. The only person that can do it is LeBron James. And I'll, and I'll be respectful. LeBron James doesn't do that because he just doesn't try to do that. Yeah. Because LeBron James does just so much more. However, Russell Westbrook, the only actually the only one other player, James Harden. Besides that, nobody does what he does on the floor. Fine. And I understand right now Russell Westbrook is falling off. He cannot shoot. He is just absolutely hardhead when it comes to his approach to the game. However, he's all-time great. And on that note, this episode is over. Happy Super Bowl week. Tune in on Sunday. You also got the weekend performing. Going to be a dope-ass performance. Patrick Mahomes going to get that ring. We'll catch you on the next episode. Like, rate, comment, subscribe. We'll catch you on the next one.